It's DTS 50, and it's time for The Taken King. Everything we know so far, the post-E3 recovery process. All that and more coming up. You're listening to Destiny the Soul. Welcome, Guardians. What is up, listeners? I am BBK Dragoon, joined here as always by my great host, Diddy. How are you doing today? Doing very well. Having a lazy weekend. Oh, always yeah. It's nice to have some of those. What are you playing? What are you doing? How was the week? Just doing some casual grimoire grinding, just, you know, mindless Hydra spamming kills in a, one of the Black Garden missions for the grimoire score, and uh, playing a couple of casual games with League and doing a bunch of chores, just trying to keep my head under the, under the water. You finished up all of the achievements for the Xbox One version this week, didn't you? Yeah, I finally got the Flawless Raider. Shout out to... Rippin. Rippin and Aura, I think. Man, I totally forgot for a second. But yeah, those two guys. (laughs) We did Crota Normal Mode, three man. We just did a Flawless first try, so... Nice. Well, not first try, second try, because we had a little incident in the Thrall Abyss. Oh no, did one of the Shrieker balls... It was not the thrall way, the thrall abyss. So the first part of the raid, oh, I think okay. one of us got left behind and we just got swarmed. So yeah. it, we had to restart once, uh-huh. but we got a second try. Well, congrats. Very cool, man. This week I played a good amount of House of Wolves because that's what's out right now. <laughs> and uh, Messenger, Red Death, Bad Juju. I'm playing a lot of pulse rifle stuff, trying to reduce my thorn you know, usage, even though I love thorn. The way it works, like the rule is... If the other team is teabagging and using thorns, then the thorn comes out. And if they're not, yep. then we just play Pulse Rifle and we have like this gentleman's agreement to play a more civilized version of <laughs> PvP. And so that was good. Playing Final Fantasy XIV Heavensward, which is the new expansion that came out. Final Fantasy XIV is an MMO. And I will say this. I tweeted out pictures yesterday. There's these world PvE events that people use to level up called Fates. And since it's the new expansion, there's a ton of people in these zones. So I'm doing my fate. I'm, you know, normally there's five or six people taking down these world bosses. No, yesterday there was 80 or 90 people. And so oh there'd be this convoy of, you know, 80 or 90 people on chocobos, if you know Final Fantasy, that's like, you know, mounts. And they all roll up over the hill like it's, you know, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> we take on these, and the bosses scale with how many people are in the fate. And oh so gosh. some of these bosses are hard. And when you have like 80 or 90 people, it becomes this big fight. As soon as you take it down, there's another world event on a different place on the map. So you take the boss down everybody bounce up again and then you just <laughs> run with 80 or 90 people across the land and the game plays this like sound effect basically when there's enough players on screen it actually sounds like a lord of the rings battle so you have this constant like roar of a crowd and clamor of metal and That's when like awesome. the fate ends it's like <gasps> mount up and then you all go to the next place and what it did is it made me like wish i oh, destiny please it'd be so cool to have like 18 or 24 guardians notice i'm not saying 50 or 60 because i don't think that's realistic (laughs) but like 18 or 24 guardians doing world pvp together or pve oh my gosh it would be so cool that would be so awesome because the only the most i've seen in a patrol area is like seven you know maybe six Mm -hmm. or seven and it's just like it's really cool when we have that many people trying to take down this Usain Bolt fallen VIP patrol mission or public event and 
just imagine, I can't even imagine 20 people like Fogoth spawns in the middle of the, in the middle of the yeah. Hellmouth, and we have to take yeah. him out on a patrol. And there's like 20 sparrows just come over the hill of the Hellmouth and just shooting all their galahorns. And oh, that would be so cool. It would. And, you know, tower is 18 people, right? Isn't that the max size of the instance? 18 or 20, 22, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd imagine patrol, because when we were doing patrol farming for the keys, the treasure keys, we would take a full group of six doing the vault of glass trick where you load a vault of glass and then just leave and go on patrol. And we'd have other people in the area. So I think we've seen nine or 10 folks in a patrol before or even more. It'd be cool to just have that happen more often. You know, you get a global ping and you do it you know things to think about all right it would, I don't it think would we'll be really that. cool to like you said a world ping if you're yes, say exactly. I'm in, the, in the cosmodrome and i just spawn in a world ping says hey there's a really awesome pve event going on in the moth yards go yeah. there now and like all the guardians patrolling in the cosmodrome can just go to that one area and just take out this world event that would be so cool yeah. And the last thing I want to bring up before we hop into the news is there's a cool mechanic in Final Fantasy 14 where boss abilities will show a cone, like an AoE cone. If he's going to do a really nasty attack, it'll show where that ability is going to land before it happens. So you have a chance to get out of the way. So if you think about in the dark below, do you remember those little green pits of stuff that spawned underneath your yeah, feet? Yeah, I think they're called vestiges. Yeah. Think like that, but it it just shows you where it's going to be. It gives you time to move out of the way. I hope more bosses get something like that in Destiny because it in Final Fantasy XIV, it forces players to continually be moving. And when there's multiple ads on screen doing those, you have to manage. It's almost like a puzzle. You have to figure out where you can stand to where you're not going to get hit in these abilities. It forces you to move, and I think it'd be a really cool mechanic to see in Destiny. And it's something. It's like already there. The tech's already there. Just implement it little bit different you know and you change the vestiges i guess so i don't know my two cents really cool yeah i totally agree let's hop into the news So E3 happened this last week, and you'd have to be living under a rock not to hear about all of the news, but we are going to recap just about everything that we know for certain. We're also going to talk about the pricing models and the like controversy that's showing up there, but I want to start with the release date. We knew it was September 15th, 2015. There are three new subclasses, new strikes, new story, new patrol, uh, new raid, and we're going to go through each one of these. I'd like to start with the new subclasses. There were three that were shown off, and they were explained in detail as the week went on the sunbreaker the night stalker and the warlock is called the stormcaller right diddy i think so yeah yes so let's start with the sunbreaker who is a solar titan you get a hammer it's a projectile hammer that you get to throw at opponents or you can actually just hit them with the hammer it's a solar uh, projectile titan ability and it's the first projectile ability that titans have gotten diddy what did you think of this and what is this class all about i i really liked it's Bungie wanted to give the Titans a ranged super. You know, they have the Fist of Havoc, they have the Defender. The Fist of Havoc is that initial just AoE burst, and then yep. the, the Defender bubble is the Ward of Dawn. That's what it's called. Let's get it right. Yep. Um, that's their support <laughs> class. And they wanted to give Titans a more offensive ranged super, kind of like the Hunter's Golden Gun almost, but yeah. it, it looks really cool. And you can just throw the hammer and just... Like the the guy in the Vidoc, I forget his name, Dave Samuels, I think. 
he's the FX artist. He was talking about the the Titan. He's like, yeah, just throw the hammer. Boosh, boosh. And he's really cool. He's got that really awesome mustache. You guys got to go check out that Vidoc. But I'm really excited for this ranged Titan Super finally. Looks very good. The Night Stalker is the next one. This is the Hunter subclass, and yes. this is a support subclass. It looks incredible. So I'll let Diddy describe how it works. All right, so we're going to talk about the super, the the void bow, or whatever they're calling it. It suppresses enemies. You jump up, shoot the bow and arrow, and it suppresses enemies, and it kind of tethers to like an area of effect, and it just suppresses enemies from using abilities and slows them down. You can have an upgrade to where it poisons, or I think that's your grenade or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it just gives hunters a way to be more supportive in PvE and PvP, and I think it's really awesome. I already play more of a supportive hunter role in specifically Prison of Elders because I run Blade Dancer, Medic, Revive, and Objective Control there. I'm not the one with the 300.0 KD at the end of the match. I'm the one with, you know, 70-ish because I've died a few times, but I'm not killing a lot of things. So I really like that hunters finally have the support class. We also get an evade, which I'm super excited about. Yes, you guys also have a smoke grenade now, too. Or it's not a smoke grenade. It's actually like your melee ability, isn't it? Yeah, so the melee ability is we just throw smoke at something, and depending on which upgrade you have, it can either attach to a wall and it slows enemies down. Think the wizard's poison cloud. That's kind of how the melee ability for the hunter is going to work. So that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, the super is called Shadow Shot, and the grenade is called the Void Wall Grenade, which is really cool, and it is a horizontal wall of burning void light. <laughs> so I think of this almost like a shield, right? You throw this grenade down, yeah. and I th- I don't know because they didn't show it off in any of the trailers. Maybe some of the people who played it at E3 got the chance to really see how it worked, but to throw down and shoot opponents and suppress them, this is basically going to work so well in tandem with a, a warlock, like a Nova Bomb warlock. If you were to tether down three or four Mm -hmm. people and then you call in your warlock buddy now granted they're not tethered that long but it's just enough time that if somebody threw a nova bomb while they're all tethered down oh the plays with this is just going to be really really cool and the evade is called shade step so i don't know what the evade looks like do you they had it in the vidoc it's the one of the hunters trying to fight a boss and he actually evades to the right and I want to give credit to Azure from the Pineapple Boys or Aura or whatever or whoever. Um, they said that the evade looks like the hunter gains invis- invincibility frames, um, which I really didn't think they would implement. But it looks like when he is dashing, he kind of goes purple. And it almost seems like you can't be damaged when you're evading, which would be super strong in PvP. Uh, which is why I wouldn't think they'd implement it. But after looking over it again, it looks like it could be a possibility. Like most supers get a few frames of invincibility right when they open up, you know? Mm-hmm. At least a lot of defensive stats, you know? Yeah. It's, it's doing a Fist of Havoc with Unstoppable, you're not going to die to a shotgun blast of the face. No, I, you're going to get that kill. There will be gear in Taken King, I'm sure, that benefits people who play the Night Stalker subclass. Of course, I expect it. The last new subclass is the Stormcaller. It is the Warlock subclass. Your super is called Storm Trance. You get arc lightning that shoots from your hands and it chains between enemies. It does look exactly like Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> Unlimited power. You know. <laughs> you also get the Storm Grenade. Um, it calls down localized lightning, so it's like a little lightning storm just blasts opponents. Your melee is Thunderstrike, and you deliver an electrocuting melee strike. 
at extended range. And I'm going to touch on that in a second because Warlock melee range is already ridiculous. Um, And then the final ability that was listed was the Perpetual Charge, which just makes this class sound insanely strong. Getting a grenade kill recharges your melee, and getting a melee kill recharges your grenade. So you have Thunderstrike, which already increases the range of your melee, (laughs) which is crazy because Warlocks already have insane range with their melees. And then your Storm Grenade, which just more localized lightning. This class looks like a scary, scary feedback loop of something you don't want to mess with. And Mm -hmm. When you are in your super mode, when you're doing storm trance, you float off the ground. Like, your two feet just hover, like, inches above the ground. And overall, I think it looks pretty cool. What do you think, Diddy? I'm going to think of the Stormcaller Warlock Melee as the hunter throwing knife equivalent. I don't think it's going to be able to one-shot, obviously. You but think, I think it's, it's projectile? Gonna be, like, you have to aim it? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna assume, like, it's a fixed length, right? Yes. And it's... it's not going to home in on anything you know because a lot of the melees they they have the auto aim right tracking yeah tracking basically i'm gonna assume that this lightning this lightning bolt you throw out like zeus is not going to be tracking it's going to be like the hunter throwing knife projectile system so uh hopefully because if it's a one shot from an extended distance i'm a warlock main now (laughs) because that's going to be so awesome this definitely sounds like the first subclass to get nerfed if it is as strong as the flavor text and stuff reads. In in general, though, we have to wait until we've played it and tried it. You know, it sounds really fun. It sounds unique and uh, looks certainly cool. I will have to say that the Night Stalker is the subclass I'm most excited for, a purely support mm-hmm. class. And, you know, Ward of Dawn, Titans are very support-like, but not all of their abilities and perk sets go towards that. Just like a Sun... Uh, Oh my gosh, Sun Bros, Warlocks. You can be supportive, but not all of your traits in there are built that way. The Night Stalker looks like that purely. I am a support machine to help out teams. And if you're somebody who runs a lot of people through different events throughout the week, you are a nice person who carries the backpack in raids or carries the backpack in nightfalls. That's just going to be really cool, I think. What What are you most excited for? I'm really excited for the the Night Stalker because, as I said before, I already play a support-style hunter, and just being able to tether people down and suppress people... Like, I use suppression grenades in PvP on my Defender Titan because it pops people out of their super. So if I see a Blade Dancer coming around the corner, I just pop a grenade at their feet, and they're done. Like, they just... They don't have their Blade Dancer anymore. If I can do that on a hunter... Hell yeah. Oh, I'm gonna do that every single time. That? Like right as he pops Blade Dance or whatever? Exactly. Or the Sunsinger oh. Warlocks. In Trials, you're trying to resurrect yourself? <laughs> no, I'm just going to suppress you out of that Warlock super. And you're not going to be able to do anything because you're slowed and now you're dead because I killed you. While we're on the subject of PvP, let's talk about the two new game types that were shown. Rift and Mayhem. Rift is a lot like... Well, it's their answer to capture the flag, but it's kind of like neutral bomb assault. If you guys ever played Halo, where there's a ball in the middle. I don't know if they're calling it a ball. I would almost say ricochet from Halo 4. But you can't throw it. That's the thing. I would say it's ricochet also. Yeah, neutral bomb assault. Okay. But you don't have to arm it. So you're right too, though. So it's, it's, like a, a it's a combination. It's yeah. neutral bomb ricochet without yeah. being able to throw it. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's cool. Ball in the middle, and you get the ball, and you try and deliver it into your opponent's team base. And you can either just walk walk it through and get normal points, or you can do a backflip, 
Like if you approach the hoop backwards or something like that, you'll do a backflip and get additional points. It's their objective game type that they've revealed so far. I think we're going to see more of them. Rift looks cool. It's the game type I'm most excited to see. I don't know what really more there's to talk. Oh, the it's, there's a tower map, by the way. That's the game, like the map they were playing Rift on at E3. And I heard somebody tweet, the tower that you're playing Rift on is not the same tower that is our guardian tower. Did hmm. that make sense? Yeah, that would make sense. That's pretty cool, though. Yes, it was really cool to see. I mean, it looks exactly like when you are up near um, Lord Saladin. Yes? Saladin, yeah, for the Iron yeah. Banner. For the Iron <laughs> Banner. It looks like that's one of the areas that you play in. There's extra hallways, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Mayhem is the other game type, and it's a lot like Earth. How does Mayhem work, Diddy? Everything on a recharge timer is just amplified, like 300% increased recharge rate. Think of catapult from the prison of elders increased grenade recharge except every ability super ability grenade ability melee ability even your respawn timer is reduced and it's just all supers all the time it should be stated too that mayhem you can put mayhem in front of control or in front of clash they showed off mayhem (laughs) clash but this is like a modifier that they could put above any playlist kind of like inferno if you guys remember inferno yep Months back, there was the Inferno-type games where it would remove the radar. Mayhem is like that, so you could see Mayhem Control. You could see Mayhem Salvage. You could see Mayhem Elimination, which would be pretty boring. I would honestly hate <laughs> mayhem, mayhem Elimination. elimination. <laughs> it'd be oh terrible. Gosh. Well, I don't know if it'd be terrible. It might be fun for a little bit. So I'm excited um, about the new game types. Let's talk about the new story, and essentially all of the new activities occur on the Dreadnought, which is what, Diddy? It's Oryx's ship, basically. It is the new environment. It's like, think of it as a new planet. Instead, it's a ship. So you're going to have a new patrol area, new story missions, new raid, new strikes, all on the Dreadnought. Yes, and it's ginormous. There, We don't know how many strikes are going which way in that. So let's, okay, PlayStation exclusive content is a thing. Uh, they showed off exclusive gear, a strike and a multiplayer map that will be a PlayStation exclusive for a year. Deej did confirm that with the release of the Taken King, all of the Xbox players will receive the year one PlayStation exclusive. So we're going to get the ability to receive. Well, ability to receive. Well, well said. (laughs) It's not like you're getting a Hawk Moon right away, guys. You still have to (laughs) earn that stuff. But Hawk Moon, Monte Carlo, uh, the Dust Palace Strike. I am very excited for the new PvP maps. You, you know, you've played them. They're, I mean, I shouldn't say new, but the PlayStation PvP maps from year one. Yeah, Exodus Blue is my favorite of the PlayStation exclusives. I really like it. It's a good. I mean, it's it's chaotic on control because it's smaller, but it's still really good. I, I love new PvP maps, man. That keeps me coming back. The story is about the size of the original, but improved throughout the multiple interviews that happened during the week. Uh, the story is supposedly got fully voice acted cutscenes, all of them, and it additionally has uh, skippable. So you can now skip the cutscenes, and I'm hoping they're going to implement that into older content because not being able to skip cutscenes gets pretty old, <laughs> don't you think? Yeah, replaying those story missions over and over again. Yeah, I wish I could skip cutscenes we're going to be facing a new enemy called the taken and the taken are modified versions of current enemies in the game but they have new abilities diddy do you want to elaborate there yeah so bungie understands that they've been reskinning and rehashing a lot of enemies in terms of you know like the crota zendraid for example you know the sword breaker is just 
a hive knight, right? Except, you know, you have to kill him and use the sword or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but they wanted to make this new race feel really alien, and they gave them just different abilities. They're, the lore behind the Taken is Oryx literally takes the enemies, whether it's Cabal, Hive, Vex, or whatever, literally takes them out of the dimension modifies them and throws them at you with new abilities so you can get a cabal phalanx taken right and he now shoots projectiles out of his shield instead of you know just blocking all of your bullets so even though they're going to be using some of the same models their abilities are going to be totally different and it's going to be totally alien to all the new players and it's going to be really cool it should be noted too we haven't seen a lot of what is going to be coming with the taken king you know we got a nice taste at e3 but there's just many more months of promotion to go i think gamescom is going to occur before the taken king launch i could be wrong with that but usually gamescom brings with it even more announcements and stuff like this so there's a new patrol area it's on the dreadnought the dreadnought's just huge man to have an entire patrol area there the new raid They weren't allowed to talk about it very much, but it is the biggest yet with explorable areas similar to the Vault of Glass. We saw some footage of it in the actual Vidoc, I think, and in the teaser trailer. Looks pretty good, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, they heard all the fan feedback from Vault of Glass and Crota's End. The vast majority say we want more puzzles, we want more explorable spaces, we want more travel time just like the Vault of Glass offered. We don't want, you know, these really short encounters and cheesable encounters like Crota's End. So that's what they're doing with the Dreadnought Raid. And they're just making it longer, bigger, more puzzles. And the fact that it's on the Dreadnought, which is Oryx's ship, you got to expect some booby traps, man. Like Indiana Jones-style puzzles in the Dreadnought. And I'm really excited. Yes. New achievements and trophies. So you can see this is being treated much different than Dark Below and House of Wolves, much larger scale than that. So if you're an achievement or trophy hunter, that's pretty rad. One of the things of the players who were there at the event who got to actually try it out, it looks like armor reforging could be a thing, but no more details were allowed on that. And it's it's very tight lipped there. So if armor reforging became a thing, say goodbye to every mode of light you've ever, ever <laughs> thought about owning. Like that would be just it actually would be really cool to think about that, but I don't know. I Reforging as it is, I think we could do an entire topic about that because it's, it is, you're spinning the dice and I'm not a fan of that after like an hour of trying to get that perfect roll. Sometimes I get burned out and just go, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> the new level cap, and this is unconfirmed. The players who were playing at E3 took screenshots and we got to see footage. The Guardians had a level of 50, but that is not confirmed. Irk actually tweeted and responded to Broman's tweet. Broman, who's a big Twitch streamer for Destiny, said, you know, new level 50 cap. And Irk said, not confirmed at all. Pardon our dust. The E3 build um, had to be this way for E3. So we don't know if the new level cap is going to be 50. We talked a little bit about that last week. But one of the things that was noted uh, with the interview we're going to talk about in just a second is, Bungie doesn't want to invalidate all of the goodies that we've worked really hard to get. So what I think you're going to see happen is our actual base level is going to be increased instead of a light level increase, if that makes sense. That way our weapons that are 365 attack, your exotic weapons, don't become obsolete. That would be a quick way to really piss people off if your entire cache of weapons that you've worked so hard to get no longer work. Diddy, what do you think about the you know this theory and the new level cap? I think 
you know, we, we talked about, you know, maybe 38 or 40 would be the new cap. And I think it would make sense if it was closer to 50, because if we think about it, you know, the level cap right now is level 20, right? Bungie yes. expects people playing through the entire campaign to be at or around level 20 once they beat all the story missions and the strikes or whatever. Yeah. If we're, if they're pitching the Taken King as basically a new game in terms of story missions, add 20 to our base level and 40 is going to be the new cap or whatever. But yeah. Um, I think it would also make sense if they just increased the base level to 30 and they just kept the light numbers and they added that on top of level 30. So if I'm a level 34, that's 14 levels above the current um, base level of 20, right? Yeah. If I'm just just scale that if they just increase the base level to 30 with all the story missions completed. Uh, yes. If it's 30, I just scale that light level and I just become level 45, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever the new max light level will be. It, that I think that would make sense. Yeah. And ascending is going to have to change. This is all stuff that we're probably going to learn about down the road. And for right now, don't have to worry about it. I'm sure Bungie's going to do streams like they did with House of Wolves to inform players how it will work. Or maybe they'll leave it up to a surprise. I want to talk about the interviews with Luke Smith, in particular the video interview with the, I think, Giant Bomb podcast crew, and then also the interview Luke Smith did with uh, Planet Destiny. We'll have both of those links on our website. Real quickly, um, I'd like to read one quote, and then, Diddy, I want you to talk about the video interview that you sent me. Uh, Planet Destiny asked Luke Smith, who works for Bungie, he's in the Vidox, very prominent figure. They asked, can we expect to see some design changes to the weapons in the future as well, in reference to the Taken King? Luke Smith responds with, we will be introducing weapon foundries and weapon brands. If you see a Suros weapon next to an Amalon, you will be able to notice the difference. For weapon balancing, we will continue to go through the ages of weapons. Things will continue to go in and out of fashion. That last sentence there is exactly what I wanted to bring up because that is how it looks like their design philosophy is going to be in terms of PvE, PvE balancing weapons. We went through the era or the age of the Suros. We're in the age of the Thorn right now. And like he said, weapons will continue to go in and out of fashion. So I think that's as close as you're going to get to a confirmation. We will not see the Thorn being the god gun forever. We will see a weapon balance change coming in the future. That's how I read it. Diddy, am I off base? No, I mean, they Bungie wants a more fluid gun on gun meta you know to move throughout destiny's life they don't want one gun to be the end all be all of the game you know they don't want it to be like what is it the golden gun from goldeneye (laughs) they don't want it to be the one shot kill every single time they don't want it to be the best every single patch every single week every single day people play destiny they want a more fluid environment for the weapons to you know outshine the others and a new one to take its place Absolutely. The other thing he mentioned in the interview were that sidearms and House of Wolves were really just a preview and that they're going to expand on that in the Taken King. Now, the video interview, why should our viewers watch it and why is it a big deal? I enjoyed it a great amount. The You said they were Giant Bomb, right? I think it's the guys from the Giant Bomb podcast. That was the branding in the background and I recognize one of those guys, but... All right, so it, it was linked on Reddit, and I just happened to watch it. I'm like, oh, these guys are awesome. They, the reason our viewers should watch it, or listeners should watch this interview, is because it's very real. It's very honest. It's very relaxed. It's just like a bunch of guys sitting on the couch, eating pizza, drinking beer, talking about the game. And it's really relaxed. It's really relaxed atmosphere. The interviewer, the host, 
Um, they were at E3, they played the game, they had their impressions, they directed questions towards Luke Smith, and uh, I forget the other Bungie employee on the couch, uh, but he was in the Vidoc. They just, they talked about, you know, these are the players' concerns, you know, as Bungie employees, how do you react to these players' concerns, you know, with, um, uh, I don't know exactly, I don't remember what exactly what they talked about, but basically Luke Smith was like, we play the game too. We don't have every single gun in the game. We go through the same experiences that all of our other, that all of the community experiences as well. Like I still don't have a Gallahorn. I don't have the Black Hammer. I've beaten Crota. I designed the Crota raid and I've beaten it hundreds of times and I still don't have the Black Hammer. And he was saying, you know, just because we work on the game doesn't mean we don't play the game and we don't experience the same things as the players. So mm-hmm. every concern that the players have they understand, they're listening, they've experienced it themselves. I think it's mandatory listening if you're a Destiny fan and you're curious about the future of the game because, like you said, it was raw. The guy, it was perfect because the two guys interviewing, one didn't like Destiny for the very obvious and blunt reasons that a lot of people don't. They think it's content light, the RNG nature. He wasn't afraid to ask them questions. They were on a friendly enough level that it wasn't the same as the timid press who don't want to ask the question that could maybe mean they don't get another interview. He was straight up and honest with why he didn't enjoy Destiny and what he thought worked and what he thought didn't work. And then you had another guy on the couch who was a fan of the game who you know could sort of, I don't know, be a counterbalance to it. They answered the questions really well. I love the fact that they play the game too. They experience the same things and they're working towards making the experience better for everybody. I thought it was pretty funny. He's like, dude, this is a guy who works there. Why wouldn't he just get a black hammer? Why can't this guy just have a yellow horn? <laughs> no, they don't just hand them out to the employees. It's like they they have a similar experience. It was humanizing. I just liked, I really liked that interview. It'll be linked on our website. So I want to talk about the pricing model as we wrap up the show here today. I don't think we're going to have time for an It Came From Twitter, so we'll double down and do a big one next week. Thank you guys for everybody who did respond, but I want to talk about the pricing model, why it's causing controversy, and the message you know, up front that I want to say is just relax for right now, guys. Deej is going to be getting back from E3, and we're probably going to hear more about this in the weekly updates. So there are four different versions of the Taken King. There's the $40 digital download. In order to play this, you need to have Destiny and both expansions. That's the only way you can get the $40 version and have it work, okay? Don't go out and buy the $40 version if you don't have both expansions and the original Destiny, and it's digital download only for $60 you can get a digital download or a disc copy of destiny the taken king the legendary edition and this includes for $60 destiny the dark below house of wolves and the taken king so it's everything you need to get into the taken king if you don't already own destiny or if you don't already own both expansions uh, $60, you can get it on digital download or disc. At $80, there is a digital collector's edition, which includes Destiny, the Taken King, the Legendary Edition, three exotic class items that give an XP boost, three emotes that are class-specific, that's like dancing or pointing or whatever, and then early access to Vanguard weaponry, which is like three weapons. If you pre-ordered the vanilla Destiny, these were like weapons that only mattered from like level 5 to 10, so they weren't that big of a deal. And that's the $80 Digital Collector's Edition. For the same price, if you buy the physical 
you know, collector's edition, the $80 collector's edition. And it's like the physical copy. You get everything that I just mentioned in the digital version, except you get uh, a book with Cade six notes. You get this beautiful metal case. You get a taken coin or not taken coin. Jeez, a strange coin, like a real replica of a strange coin, some posters, some artwork and some other goodies. So don't like, don't order the digital collector's edition. You guys for the same price, get the physical real one and you get way more goodies with it. But here, here's the issue. Players who have been playing Destiny from the very beginning, most of our listeners and us, you know, we own both expansions, we own Destiny. What version of the Taken King allows us to get the collector's edition goodies without being forced to rebuy the legendary edition, which is Destiny 1, both expansions, and the Taken King? So the issue is there, where players who are longtime fans are essentially rebuying the game and both expansions. There's not like a $60 collector's edition vip version which is for people who've been playing since the very start so you have folks who are angered basically about this um who feel like the original players are being shafted and at the same time you've got the other end of the coin where they've designed a price model that's made it very enticing for new players to get into destiny i mean let's face it for us if we bought destiny launch and we bought both expansions at launch and we buy the Taken King, the digital version, that's like $130 versus the person who could just buy the legendary edition and spend $60. So it's kind of complex. It's a pricing issue that's probably housed in Activision's area and not as much Bungie's. I'm curious your opinion, Diddy, uh, and I need to drink water because that was long. (laughs) (laughs) I'm... Well, I'm going to buy it anyways, so I really don't have... I'm not really angry at the price because I'm I want to invest money into this game. I want, you know, Bungie to see my support. But I also understand the fact that um let's take the retail sixty dollar legendary edition, right? That gives you vanilla destiny, both expansions, and the Taken King, which is the brand new Destiny game. So if we compare that, you know, the forty dollar to the forty dollar edition, you know if we already have Vanilla Destiny and The Dark Below and House of Wolves, uh, we're basically paying $40 for The Taken King, right? Yeah. And people who buy the $60 version, they're only paying $20 for Vanilla Destiny, take, uh, Dark Below, and House of Wolves. Yes. And we've already paid 90. 80 or 90 yeah. or $100 for what, whichever editions of the game we bought. Yes. Um, for me, I have two copies of the game. I have PlayStation and Xbox. I've invested a lot of money into this. I can kind of see the frustration. They're only playing $20 for things I've paid $100 for? Yes. It doesn't make much sense because um, Dark Below and House of Wolves both came out in the same year as The Taken King, right? I yep. would understand if it was like next May that the Taken King was coming out and that would be the price difference because Destiny had been out for over a year. The both expansions had been out for over a year. I would understand the price reduction of that to $20. That would make sense because the content is old. But since this content is still kind of relatively new in terms of like a fiscal year, it doesn't make much sense to me that they would make that $60 because it includes everything that we've already paid for. So I understand the frustration there. Um, It would make a little more sense if they made the Legendary Edition $75, right? Mm -hmm. Because that would mean 
people are paying $35 for Vanilla Destiny, Dark Below, and House of Wolves. That would make a little bit more sense to me. But like I said, I want to support Bungie, so I'm definitely going to get it. But I do understand the frustrations. Yeah, I will say this. Be patient if you're unsure about this. Deej is probably going to talk about it because it's a big enough issue in the community that they've generally, generally addressed these kind of things in an open format. Also, I will say this. Uh, Destiny is an MMO style game in the way that it's releasing its expansions and content. You need to understand that Destiny, when it was in its birthing stages years and years and years ago, was pitched originally to be a subscription based game, but they got rid of that because they didn't think it would do well and they went with this expansion method. So if you're somebody who's paying more and upset, you have to understand this is really how it goes. If you look at previous WoW expansions or previous MMO expansions, the price drops off a cliff after about a year from release. If you look at Warlords of Draenor, you can get that expansion now for 30 and $25, which it used to be 60 at launch, and it hasn't even been out for a year just yet, and you're seeing massive price reductions. So, uh, you know, it is the way I think they solve it is this. They give players the option to get the collector's edition goodies at a price tag that doesn't require them to buy the legendary edition. I think that resolves all the issues because I want those exotic items. I want those emotes, but I don't want to rebuy the legendary edition, basically. So if they were to offer a $60 version of the Taken King collector's edition digital download for VIP or founder members only... I think that resolves the issue. Uh, we'll talk about VIP rewards next time. They're rather uh, underwhelming, in my opinion, and I think that <laughs> adds to the fire of players being a little bit salty. But for now, I would relax. It's something we're going to talk about in the future, and I know Bungie is going to address it, at least in some form. I'm not saying they're going to change it, but we're probably going to get some explanation down the road. Diddy, where can people find your content? Twitter.com slash DiddyDTS, D-I-T-T-Y-D-T-S. And don't forget the weekly streams on Fridays over at Twitch.tv slash Destiny the Show. Yeah, I tuned in. It was really cool. Nice to see. And yeah, I like that we're streaming regularly now. Thank you for doing that, man. No problem. You can find us at DestinyTheShow.com for all the links from today and more. Remember to check out DestinyTracker.com, the best stat tracking site online for Destiny. You can check out everything from your time played in every activity, PvP stats, and more. They're great friends of the show, and we very much appreciate the service they do for the Destiny community. You can follow us at DestinyTheShow. You can follow me at BBKDragoon or on YouTube.com slash BBKDragoon. Hope you guys have an excellent week. We will see you next time. Guardians! Eyes up.